0: Another, day, another dollar makes you wonder where your money went.
1: You can scream and you can holler. Hi folks, this is Jack Spierko with another edition of the Survival Podcast. As always, one man's view of the changing world with changing times and things that we can all do to live a better life if times get tough or even if they don't. Today is uh, March 10th, 2010. We have a great show lined up for you. Uh, I have a really good new friend of mine on the line hanging here just for a minute till we introduce him. Rob Gray of the American Open Currency Standard and the AG Trading Center up in Farmers Branch, Texas. We'll be bringing him on in just a moment. But before that, I need to do our typical housekeeping. Uh, First of all, let's take care of our sponsors of the day first, uh, folks, as always. Sponsor of the day number one, MERSradio.com. Again, MERS-radio.com is their actual URL. Remember, the best way to find our sponsors is go to uh, my website first, survivalpodcast.com. Click on their banners, then you know you're dealing with the real uh, sponsors of the show. But MERS radio is really cool, folks. It's not just a way to augment your communications and have an alternative means of communications without having to have a license or jump through any government hoops. It's also a way to add security to your property and your home because it has motion sensors that are built in with the radio communications equipment. So, for instance, in my backyard, I have a couple sectors set up. One is Sector 2, and if somebody's trying to get in there, it alerts me over the radio and over our base station. Really cool, low-cost method to add security and communications augmentation to your property. So check out their site, and you'll get great service from the owner, man. This guy will really take care of you, answer any questions you have. Next up today is Western Botanicals. Uh, Dr. Kyle Christensen out there in the uh, western United States, uh, he's really put together an amazing collection of either organically grown or wild-crafted herbs. And I'll tell you what, if you look at what they have to offer, it's extremely cost-competitive. It's, uh, it's extremely effective, and it's everything you could ever possibly need, uh, either in buying uh, herbal preparations or uh, making your own, including the information that you need to do that. And uh, while you might be able to find some of the things locally, the things that you need maybe to put together a preparation, you can buy them from him as well. Remember also, if you're a Members Brigade member, uh, you get their preferred membership, which is $50 annually for free. That's 25% off everything they have. Great sponsors, so check these guys out today. Uh, quick update and reminder, make sure you're part of our YouTube channel by subscribing to our, uh, our YouTube channel. I do a lot of giveaways on the show, and sometimes it's for listener appreciation contest, and the balance of the time is for people subscribe to YouTube. So free stuff just for subscribing, and you want to stay in touch with us anyway. Uh, next up, do consider joining the Members Support Brigade. Hold tight on that today, though, because I'm going to have a special announcement about how you can actually use silver uh, to purchase your Members Brigade membership going forward if you want to do that, kind of in honor of our special guest today. But the whole point of Members Brigade is you support the show at what comes to about 20 cents an episode, and in return you get a plethora of benefits, uh, discounts to about 15 vendors, uh, you get uh, 20 uh, members-only videos, you get over $100 worth of ebooks, and again, you're supporting our show. So without that, we couldn't do things like limit ourselves to only 12 sponsors and uh, do a lot of other things we do to keep this show running. So uh, we, we appreciate your support with the Members Brigade. And with that, uh, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our uh, our guest today. Uh, I'd like to introduce at this time uh, Rob Gray. Rob is the founder of the American Open Currency Standard, and he's also the force behind the AG Trading Center up in Farmer's Branch, Texas. Rob's work seems to me to be dedicated to giving people an alternative for trade and barter and returning an honest currency to America. Thanks for joining us today, Rob.
0: Thanks so much for having me, Jack. I'm uh, very glad to be here.
1: So, hey, man, uh, I really enjoyed meeting you up at uh, at the AG Trading Center, but we really have two things to discuss today. One is uh, the open currency standard, the other your store, uh, but let's start with the open currency standard because I think that will help people understand how the store works and, you know, in the first place. Can you tell people exactly what is the American open currency standard? That's like you know, a, a mouthful for people. So what sure is that is. really all about?
0: Well, I'll give it to you in a couple different nutshells. The smallest is we call it access and incentive for the new American economy, an economy that's built on value and honest trade. So... We're a collection of what we call private, complementary, competing currencies that all kind of are individual and and separate and just as different as the next, but we all band together so that if uh, one of us is successful with the introduction of a local community currency in one city, it also gives that person in that city the flexibility to use it somewhere else. So we took uh, some of the formulas behind a group called the Liberty Dollar, which has been around since 1998, and made a couple significant changes, um, specifically – Structural changes to keep us out of hot water with the federal government, and philosophical changes so that uh, people can honestly trade these things into the marketplace, as opposed to trying to sneak them past uh, the teller at Walmart. So we launched this uh, this little co-op, so to speak, of you know a, a handful of different AOCs-approved medallions, so that as the the list of medallions grows, the the number of groups participating in creating their own medallions um, you know grows and increases. Then it gives the entire group more credibility. It gives the entire group more uh, impact as they work to do something like introduce a local community currency in in their own city. Uh, really, the what we go after are our groups, whether they're uh, geographical or ideological, and we we uh, encourage them to put money back in the hands of the people by issuing and helping circulate these community currencies. So that's kind of the bigger mouthful, but the American Open Currency Standard. Is really setting the uh, setting the standard for how honest trade should happen with uh, value back transactions.
1: And let's talk about your medallions there for a second. Now, the, most of them, not all, but most of them are one ounce uh, silver medallions with a trade mm-hmm. value of fifty. We'll talk about exactly what that means in a little sure. bit, but. There is a difference between a one-ounce uh, medallion that is part of the American Open Currency standard and uh, just a random one-ounce medallion, even though they both may be made from pure silver. You do certain things from a quality control and, and a guarantee of uh, content to prevent. There's a lot of concerns about counterfeit uh, silver now and counterfeit gold and, mm-hmm. and alt metals. So there's certain things you do. Can you tell folks what you guys kind of require of someone that wants to have their own... Uh, currency and have it be part of this. Like you have the Lakota um, medallions that are from the Lakota tribe. You also have uh, uh, just a, a very assortment. You at the AG Trading Center, you have your own. So, so the many
0: Ron Paul campaign for Liberty, Correct. the Ludwig von Mises Institute, but you know the idea, looking back, was to take everything that the Liberty Dollar did well, and, and I'm guessing that a lot of your listeners are familiar with the Liberty Dollar and some of their work. But to kind of open up the windows and the doors and let in some fresh air. And go back to some of those groups that never really endorsed the concept of the Liberty Dollar over all those years and say, hey, instead of endorsing us, instead of like, you know, lending your credibility to us for, you know, us to use and abuse as we see fit, why don't you guys just make your own medallion? And as long as you follow these three basic guidelines, Anybody that creates the medallion can create an AOCS-approved medallion. Those three guidelines are, one is you have to use an approved mint, and that gives us the ability to track that supply line all the way from the mines to the refineries to the the blanking process and the minting process. We have six mints now across uh, the U.S. that are actually approved for creating our, our brand of product. The second is that you have to have a face value on it that matches the other medallions in the AOCIS lineup. So if I have a one-ounce round and I call it a 50 and you have a one-ounce round and you call it a 27 and somebody else has a one-ounce round and calls it a 62, then the merchants will all get confused. So there has to be some sort of similarity between the, the valuation that goes on to a medallion. And, and we talk a little bit with these structural differences you know, from what the Liberty Dollar did we don't call our medallions dollars, so none of our medallions say dollars on there. In fact, it's it's a very stringent requirement that they don't say that um, in order to, to be approved. But it does have to have a face value that matches the rest of them or no face value at all, just a weight and a, measure, um, a purity. And the third requirement is that it has to reference the label AOCS Approved. And that's kind of like our marketing kick that we add onto the back end so that when somebody goes into a merchant with an an ounce of silver and they want to spend that silver, they want to trade that silver or barter with it, we're bringing these merchants on and we're encouraging them to take a look at the ounce, flip it over, look at the back, and look for that label AOCS Approved. And that's how the merchants really know that they can trust the weight and the purity of each one of those medallions. We, we guarantee it, and if anybody's ever not happy with something they receive, we'll replace it for them at no charge. So those are the three components of creating an AOCS-approved medallion, and we encourage anybody uh, that, like I said before, wants to take control of money to get involved. You don't have to be a, a huge nonprofit uh, and use it as a fundraiser. You can be just somebody in, in your town anywhere in America that says, you know what, my town could really use a community currency, and I think that if I, if I do it based off this standard, then it'll give the people in my community the flexibility to keep the money here, but also to spend it in Austin or Dallas or Spokane or any one of the cities across the country where we have merchant representation. So those are the three components of AOCS approval, and anybody can have it. We don't put ourselves in a position to uh, approve or deny of anybody's project. Um, you know, we, we certainly hope that all the projects that want to be AOCS approved are done in good taste, you know, good faith, mm-hmm. um, but anybody that's, that's kind of on this the same team of honest money is is really helping to to push this whole movement forward and so we don't put a we don't put a requirement on what your idea is for your own currency it just it has to follow those three basic rules.
1: Sure, and that's very cool. And one of the things I think people need to understand is you know where they can spend this this currency. They don't have to come here to Farmers Branch right. uh, your store, which we'd love them to do. Sure, but of there's course. actually a tremendous number of of, of supporting vendors. All over the country, how can people find out, like, where can I go spend these this, this trade money, this
0: right. currency? On the opencurrency.com website, there is a marketplace directory listing, and all the merchants that are listed there um, that are, you know, accepting trade one way or another are listed in that directory. But it's an important note just for, you know, I think a lot of the people listening to this program are, are technically savvy. I think that they, you know, want to know some of the nuts and bolts behind the operation. And it's very important to note that our group grows because we establish what are called reciprocal exchanges with other barter groups that are out there. And there are thousands of barter groups all across the country, and hundreds of thousands of members. So we'll create a reciprocal arrangement with a barter group, and we'll say, okay, we can trade our silver currency for your barter currency and spend it to any of your merchants, and most of them are very happy with that arrangement. So the, the size of the marketplace grows very quickly and very legitimately, ethically, just by creating those those simple reciprocal agreements with the barter exchanges, and that's really the core of the philosophical difference between what the American Open Currency Standard does and what has been done by previous groups in the past. We actively go out there to build that marketplace so that our people you know you don't have to you don't have to you know feel like you're getting one over on somebody when you trade an out of silver. It doesn't have to be a, a negotiation every time. It's like, okay, well here are the merchants and they're willing to accept payment and trade and you know, there's the list and go go have some fun with it. So Yeah, that directory is all available on opencurrency.com, and uh, we certainly encourage anybody that's in business that uh, has some sort of valuable product or service to add their uh, company name to the list as well.
1: Very cool. Hey, so let's, let's kind of shift gears and chat a little bit about your store. Now, you've described it as you've set up a store that you've put every uh, roadblock to <laughs> your own success as you possibly could in front of you. You That's don't right. take cash. You don't take checks. You don't take credit cards at the AG Trading Center. Can you tell folks what the AG, AG Trading Center is uh, and how they can do business with you? And AG doesn't mean ag or agricultural, does it? It means silver, right?
0: Well, it uh, it means silver. AG is the elemental sil- uh, symbol for silver, but it's also kind of funny because um, my business partner, Jared Atkinson, uh, his last name starts with A, and I'm Rob Gray, and that starts with G, so it's kind of like uh, Atkinson and Gray. Very so, cool. It serves a couple of different purposes, but like you said, we've, we've done just about everything we could possibly think of to make it impossible for us to succeed. This store is, so far as we know, the only store in the, in the whole country that refuses Federal Reserve notes, and you can say that two different ways. It's kind of the reality of the situation, but the bigger picture is that we exclusively accept payment in value. And value comes in all kinds of shapes and sizes, and and one shape and size is not green Federal Reserve notes. So I would like to give a a positive spin, um, you know, and and look, you know, towards success in the future as opposed to, you know, telling people what we don't do. Um, But so far as we know, we're the only store in the U.S. that exclusively accepts value, whether that's 90% uh, junk silver coins, whether that's generic bullion or silver eagles or the AOCS-approved medallions, or even if you walk in with... uh, you know something you've made. Uh, we have peanut brittle that a woman came in with someday and said, "How would you like to sell peanut brittle here? I'll trade this peanut brittle, and you can give me credit in your store to get some grass-fed beef." So, value—whatever the value is, whatever shape or form it has—is you know the exclusive way of paying at the age trading post. But it's a general store. Uh, things come and go. Uh, we've got a great selection, a great lineup right now of, of products here, uh, but we really need to get a whole lot more. And as I was telling you the other day. You know, part of that challenge of success is trying to get stuff in the store. So we've got a real strong focus here on locally uh, made things, local soaps, local beef, local uh, eggs, local chicken, all that stuff. So we want to support the local market. The second requirement is we want to, you know, have stuff that's made in America. So if we can't get it locally, is it at least made here, you know, within our borders? Uh, and at the same time, you know, from an economist perspective, there are a lot of great things that are made all across the world, and we're not going to not sell those things simply because they're not made in the U.S., but we want to limit that exposure so that we have a, a stronger focus on locally made and U.S. produced goods. Uh, the third thing is, as you mentioned a moment ago, we don't accept dollars. So it's like, okay, how do people get themselves in the mindset of understanding how to shop here if they can't spend dollars? And that's the education part. It takes a little while for people to get the hang of it. But uh, once they do, um, they never look back. They they say, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, right.
1: When I was at your store, I saw numbers like, you know, uh, I, I actually bought one of the really cool uh, water double-insulated stainless steel water bottles from you. Yeah. For a price of thirty, and I gave you thirty silver uh, trade, silver trade value. I wouldn't even know what to call it, but I gave you thirty for it. But I mean, what do those numbers actually mean? I guess it's really we should kind of get into the exchange rate to make that make sense. Because a lot of my listeners have have emailed me. They're like, Jack, you're going to have this Rob Gray guy out. He's got this open currency thing, and he's selling an ounce of silver for twenty five bucks. And I can go buy a silver eagle for twenty dollars. Why would I give him an extra five dollars? And I think a big thing is that. People don't really understand that in any currency, right, there's there's an exchange rate. If you go to Canada, there's an exchange rate, and there's right. a value of the economy that you're doing business in, and you exchange one form of currency for another, and your currency rate's actually pretty advantageous. Why don't you explain it, and well, then I'll give an example of something I bought from you and, and how it actually worked out.
0: Oh, oh, okay, you're you're, on, you're absolutely right, and you're on the right track. The challenge is you have to take an extra step back, though, and you have to look at – the fundamental problem with silver as a currency. And the problem is that you've got this thing called Gresham's Law. And Gresham's Law says that bad money will always push out good money. So... If we all acknowledge that silver is worth $16 an ounce and I walk into a store and I've got an ounce of silver and I've got 16 $1 bills and I want to buy $16 worth of stuff, the merchant is always going to want the good money and I'm always going to want to get rid of the bad money. So we've got Gresham's Law and Gresham's Law says that it's going to be a problem spending silver because it's good money and people would rather keep the good money and get rid of the bad money. So you have to start by that perspective. And when you start from looking at it through that perspective, you say, okay, we need some sort of incentive for people to actually spend their good money right so people are buying silver they're paying a premium for it nobody ever buys it spot it's it's not possible unless you're buying you know off the regular market um like anytime we buy we buy five thousand ounces at a time generally and we're paying 20 cents over spot just for the physical metal itself you know five one thousand ounce bars so you can't buy it spot it's not possible especially if you're going to take physical delivery but it starts there with understanding that there are additional costs that go into creating a medallion, other than just the metal itself. You know, most people are comfortable walking into a store and buying a T-shirt for five, ten, fifteen, twenty dollars, when the the cotton in the shirt is worth no more than you know fifty, seventy five cents. Sure. But that's besides the point. The point is that we've got to give people some sort of incentive to spend their silver, because if the if you give them an opportunity to spend silver at spot, they won't do it. They'll keep the silver unless they're in a jam. So how much incentive? That's really the big question. Well, okay, silver's at 16. Then we'll add 25 percent, and we'll call it a 20. Piece. So there have been formulas that people have proposed and said, well, if we all agree on this, all agree on this, all agree on this, then that's how we we spend it. The problem with that is that the the, the price fluctuates, and we've seen just in the last uh, 30 days, silver go from you know 19 dollars and something cents an ounce all the way back down to to 14s. Um, you know, low 15s. I, I don't remember exactly if it got down to 14, but it was definitely low 15. So. If a merchant accepts an ounce of silver on Monday for twenty bucks, and then they go to spend it on Wednesday for fourteen, they just lost, you know, thirty-three percent of their buying power because the market changed. Nothing happened or changed in their in their business cycle.
1: Not to mention it kills their inventory because there's a guy acquires inventory uh, with silver at sixteen, and then silver drops to fourteen, and he's just lost eleven percent of his inventory value.
0: That's right. Without
1: moving anything.
0: And one of the one of the requirements of money is that it has to have a stable value. And gold and silver works for a long time. I mean, if you look at the price of silver or um, gold, for example, from the mid 1700s all the way up to 1933, you know, it was twenty dollars an ounce, and it never moved more than ten or fifteen cents off that mark all the way up to 1933. And that's because it was money then, and it wasn't as much as of an industrial commodity. And there's a lot of other things that go on, go into it. But the point is that money has to have a stable value. Um, so that's kind of like prerequisite number one in looking at this exchange rate. Number two is um, we we've got you know we've got this question of incentive, and we've got to have a face value. And a lot of people will argue with me day in and day out. You can't have a face value. You can't have a face value value in silver will not work for a whole host of different reasons. And the reality situation is they're absolutely right. But that means that the merchants and the products and services in the marketplace have to be priced in ounces, grams, or grains for that to work. And the reason for that is because you've got all these fractionals. So, you know, if you go into a store, you see something priced in simple units, dollars and cents. And people understand those simple units. And a dollar is, is a unit of measurement. It, it doesn't happen to be... Uh, you know anything other than just like, okay, this is the number of units that this particular item costs so if we if we go with just a plain weight and purity uh, currency, then we need to have a, a, a some sort of conversion rate, or we need to have our products and services in the marketplace priced in that commodity. Does that make any sense? makes perfect sense, okay, so since the merchants don 't do that, and if you if you read through our documentation, you know our ultimate goal is to create a bridge between the world of fiat currencies where we are now to a world where where products and services are priced in the marketplace in terms of value. So tell me how many barrels of oil it will cost for this car. Tell me how many ounces, grams, grains of silver or gold it will cost for this house. So that's what we want to get. But we're using this this vehicle, the American Open Currency Standard, as a transition, as a bridge to go from where we are now to branching over to this this new form where people are actually pricing things in value, if that makes sense. So Fundamental component number two there says you have to have a face value because people need to look at simple units. So one-ounce round in our network represents a 50-piece. 50 what? And like you tried to figure out a moment ago, we don't even know what to call it ourselves. Do you call it bucks, barter bucks, trade units, uh, 50 tokens, 50 credits? We don't don't call it anything. We leave that to each individual community to call it uh, what they like. An interesting thing that we're working on for the John Birch Society right now, they're celebrating their 50th anniversary. So their one ounce medallions may actually say on there 50 years of vigilance. So they're staying completely away from the currency side, and they say 50 on there, but they make it clear that it's 50 years. This, This token represents 50 years of value. So. Everyone's gonna do it however they want. But the point is that you have to have a face value. And that's you know, that's an argument that people can get in and it goes in, you know, different directions a lot of different times. But the point is that you have to have something on there so that when a merchant sees it, they, they know where to start. They know where to start the negotiation process. Now, we call a one ounce round a fifty piece, and that you know, it's just the way we do it, for better or worse. What happens in the marketplace, the marketplace will always accommodate the exchange rate based on one of a couple different and I think there are three of them situations. One is a vendor will give a price in you know in number of units. So ultimately they'll say, okay, well this is just going to be one ounce and I don't care if you call it a 35 or a fifty or a seventy two. It's one ounce and that's really where we want to get. Uh, they'll adjust their price. They'll say, okay, I'll charge you ten dollars in cash or fifteen in trade. And while we don't want to see that, we certainly respect every merchant's right to do whatever the heck they want. Sure. Or the third opportunity is they may charge part cash for a transaction and part trade. So a plumber may say something like, okay, well, I will trade you my time in silver at trade value. We call it trade value or face value. Mm -hmm. And if I have to go to Home Depot and pick up a toilet seat or, you know, something for, you know, the pipe, then you have to pay that part in cash because I've got to pay that part in cash. Sure, so I can't go get
1: you a part for your toilet with silver right now. So right,
0: and we're and working on that. Sense. But yeah. we've got to be realistic. So we say, okay, well, let's let the merchants decide how they want to do it. They can accept it at face value, and that's you know kind of what we push them towards very gently. Um, we, you can you know set up a part cash part trade situation. You can give us a price in ounces, but we've got to find some sort of way of making sense between these two worlds. And ultimately, when I talk to a merchant, my goal is to just get ounces as quickly as I can. So if I'm going to place an ad somewhere and the guy says, okay, it's $1,000. I say, great, that's 20 ounces in my language. The guy's like, well, silver's only like 16 an ounce, so it's like 320. I'm like, no, 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 don't worry about that because it's it's trade and yep. we're talking apples and oranges here. Let's just talk, you know, talk barter. Um, so, yeah, the ultimate goal is to get people as quickly as possible to ounces and just giving me a price in ounces, and then that exchange rate issue just disappears because we've got, you know, we're now making an apples-to-apples comparison or we're pricing the goods and services in terms of that value.
1: But I so think that's what's how- important for people to understand, right, is when that merchant is paid in, uh, let's say, uh, a trade value of $1,000 in in your currency. It's not that he goes then and cashes that in for more Federal Reserve notes, which which is what we're trying to avoid in the first place. He can then take that trade money and go right back into the barter economy and spend it within there. At its face value versus trying to convert it back out. So when you go to Mexico, right, you go to Mexico, you get all this monopoly money for our monopoly money, and you have all these pesos, and you don't immediately convert it back to U.S. money and run back across the border. You take advantage of that economy while you're there, right?
0: Right, of course. Well, the, the best way to look at that, I tell people, is think about a $50 Federal Reserve note. What is it worth? What's a $50 bill worth? And the answer is, it's worth, you know, the paper it's written on. And, like, that's, like, what the smart people will say. But, you know, other people will say, well, it's worth $50. Well, why is it worth $50? What what gives it $50 of value? And the answer sure. to that question is because you can take that $50 bill and you can go to any one of, you know, every store in the U.S. but one, and you can spend it for $50 worth of stuff. Now, sure. you're always going to have like-kind of quality issues. You can go and buy a T-shirt at The Gap for 50 bucks, or you can buy a T-shirt at Walmart for 7 So, there's always going to be that, that uh you know, that fluctuation in the marketplace of quality and of uh you know, leveraging discounts and all kinds of different things that will affect pricing. But the point is that you've got a standard. The standard is that fifty dollar Federal Reserve note. What people don't acknowledge is that, well, the government makes this whenever it wants, it gives it to whomever it pleases, whatever rate they decide, whenever you know they feel like it, and every time they do that, every time they produce that stuff, it devalues the, the fifty dollar bill that I have. So we believe that a currency should be transparent, that it should be connected to some sort of value, and there should be a a publicly accessible uh, correlation between the two. And in our system, we say, okay, for every 50 trade units, we have one ounce of silver to back that up. That's our promise. That's our guarantee. That's that's just how our currency works. And to date, it's the most valuable currency in the world because it's the only (laughs) currency in the world that actually has something that backs it up. Now, okay, so so ghetto, you, you have to... Stop looking at the the dollar price of silver and just think of it as an independent currency, as you were mentioning a few moments ago. And our correlation is one ounce of silver equals 50 trade units in our system.
1: And and just so folks can kind of get their head around, what does that actually translate to when the money's being spent? And I think that's what people have a hard time because, you know, my listeners have a habit. We buy silver and we save it. So if the entire economy craps to bed someday, we have a store of value. So. We have a mentality of we buy silver to save it. You're right. saying buy silver to spend it, and I want people right. to get the math behind how this works. I came up to your store, and I said, what do you got, Rob? What's here today? And one of the things you had that I was interested in immediately was some grass-fed beef. You yes. had sirloin, and you had some T-bones. And yeah. you were selling the sirloin for 10 a pound, 10 whatever, and the mm-hmm. and, and and T-bone for um, 12 a pound, which right. for grass-fed beef... Dollars in a store, Federal Reserve notes in a store, fair pricing. It's Tom Thumb down the road has it right now for right about that price. Right. So I gave you silver ounces, silver rounds, and you gave me meat. That's but right. I bought those coins a couple days before from your from your currency exchange for twenty five dollars a coin. Right. So effectively, I paid five dollars a pound for grass fed sirloin and six dollars a pound for grass fed T bone. Which yeah. is better than anywhere I can go buy that with, you know, fake money.
0: Right, and that's that's what we we want people to figure that out. We want them to feel like they're getting one over on us. Like, oh well, I can sneak over to this place online. I can go to eBay and I can buy this AOCs approved one ounce medallion for twenty two bucks there, and then I can go and spend it at the store. But shh, don't don't tell anyone because I don't want the secret to get out. But the point is. Yeah, get the secret out. And once you do it, it's like, well, I'm just going to always go there to buy my beef because I keep my money in silver and I get a real great exchange rate when I go to the AG trading post. And and that's the idea. We want people to get in the habit of understanding that real money should go further than fake money. It just I mean, it makes sense. How much further? Well, based on the open currency standard, if you can buy 1 ounce round for 25 and spend it for 50, it goes twice as far. As fake money does. So that's the that's the general theme. Get people to, to shift the paradigm. Look at it from a little bit of a different perspective and have them say, How can I make my money go further by spending real money? And that's what the open currency standard creates. It creates that incentive. Now the incentive exists on both ends. As you said a moment ago, that a merchant that accepts, you know, if they accept a thousand in trade, if they go run and, and cash that in at the pawn shop, they're going to take a big hit. And the incentive for the merchant to not cash out, so to speak, and I use a little quote things there, is that they're going to take that hit. So that encourages the merchant to actually look inside of the local community as to where they can go to spend that or trade that for something that they want or need, as opposed to turning it back into dollars and running down to Walmart. They can do that, but they'll take a big hit. If they spend it within the network, then it's it's value for value. It works the same way that that $50 Federal Reserve note works, where they accepted it for $50 of their time, and they go to spend it for $50 or something that they want or need. So the, the key there is get in the habit of expecting real money to do more for you than fake money does.
1: And, and they can actually continue to compound the effect as well, because you mentioned the example of the water bottle that I bought as well, which I thought was a great deal uh, at, you know, 15 in Federal Reserve notes or 30 in silver. And, right. uh, but, you know, the guy that makes those can then turn them around and sell them within the network to the guy with the yoga studio, who then puts it on his shelf at his yoga studio. People come in and pay $30 in cash for that. He converts that to silver and keeps recycling that. And the the more people that participate, I think, in this economy is what people need to understand. The more stuff there is there and the more options you have to keep your money circulating as silver versus circulating as junk paper.
0: That's right, and one of the keys that we talked about when you were first in the store is that when people walk into the store, they need to be able to see top quality stuff, you know, name brand stuff that they've seen somewhere else for the same price and trade units that they would expect to pay somewhere else. An example that I think a lot of your listeners will understand is uh, the Hemp USA product line. We sell at this store a one-pound bag of Hemp USA protein, uh, you know, the organic, naturally raised. You know hemp USA quality. You know it's it's their product, and we sell it for twenty five dollars a pound or twenty five trade a pound. I'll say, and on their website, I think they charge twenty three ninety five or twenty four ninety five plus shipping. So you're you're looking at at the same exact same product. Apple's to Apple's comparison, priced in trade units, competitively or at or below what you would expect to pay for the same thing in dollars somewhere else. So that's a, a key component. And that way we make sure that we're not bringing the stuff into the store, paying for it in dollars, bloating the price up, uh, inflating the price unnaturally, and then selling it you know, in trade units here at the store. So that's one of the key components, and I don't know if that made any sense. but That makes
1: perfect sense because it tells, and I think that's the big thing people don't get is, once I have this silver stuff, what can I do with it and what kind of value can I expect back right. from it? And I think that... Again, we have savers, in the, and, and and that's a good thing, folks. I mean, sure. I'm preaching save all the time. Save your money. Save yourself from debt. Save silver. Save gold. But you also have to eat, and you have to clothe yourself, and you have stuff that you want to buy. And this is another means of buying something, as is, is Rob is saying. You can get your money to go twice as far. And I'm, I'm sure that people within the network, you know, everybody does as they pleases, so to speak. They have their own right to decide what they're going to take and what they're not. You won't right. always get exactly double uh, because of what the merchant may set a price at. Right. But if you get 10% more, that's a hell of a lot better than losing 10% to inflation.
0: Right, and another thing that people always bring up is why would a merchant, why would a merchant do that? Why would they give you fifty dollars worth of their time, their stuff for a one ounce round of silver that's plainly worth no more than sixteen bucks? I mean, come on, that's just silly. Well, merchants run discounts and specials all the time. Imagine somebody that advertises in in a Clipper magazine or one of those coupon mailers. Uh, maybe you've seen ad pages or uh, Savvy Shopper. You know, they, they come in the mailbox once a month. They show up and they've got coupons in there. Well, what does that cost? And what kind of discount does the merchant have to put into that coupon program to actually incent people to come in at 20 or 25 or 30% off or buy one, get one free? And how many people do they expect, how many new customers do they get, expect to get out of that promotion, that advertising? And when a merchant looks at this, and this is like standard advertising program, if they have 20% left over in terms of like actual net, like Net cash left over after that promotion is done, considering the cost of the advertisement and, and considering the cost of the discount that they have to offer and in terms of how much new business it generates and, and, and considering as well their cost to produce whatever it is that they're advertising, the food, the, the restaurant, you know, whatever it is that they, they make. If they've got 20% left over at the end of the day, they did well. So we're talking about an advertising program with these silver medallions that has a a 35% gap or, you know, 65% gap between that face value and that intrinsic value, but that gap's a whole lot smaller than – any conventional advertising program would net. So the, the merchants, they do it. They, they figure out a way to make it work for them. We help them. Our trade coordinators say, well, let's make sure that this is valuable. If we're getting one over on a merchant, we're going to lose that merchant real quick. Correct. Correct. And it's just it's not in the spirit of what we're trying to accomplish. I guess we, the other
1: side has to stay continuously with it. That merchant takes that money that they receive in silver trade mm-hmm. and brings it back to the network, it's it's going to go as far for them or That's further right than it would if it was twice as much and pay for money, I guess. The only two reasons people work to earn money, in any, whether it's a business or a job, is so they can do one of two things. Earn money to spend and buy stuff, or earn money to save so they can stop working someday. And there's there's no other reason people work for money other than those two things. Right. And exactly. when it comes to the money you're going to spend, if I'm going to buy meat with it, or I'm going to buy protein powder with it, or I'm going to buy a handmade knife with it, I could care less what you call the money, but what I really care is how hard do I have to work to own that knife, eat that steak, or drink that bottle of beer.
0: That's right. That's right. And if we can, if we can shorten that gap between you and the steak, or you and the bottle, then you know we've got a system that that creates some sort of incentive. And and the, and the gap right now is pretty big. I mean, it's the gap is great. And, and I I gotta I gotta just question you real quick. I don't think you spent twenty. Well, I think you bought ten ounces of silver, and, and I think yeah. the, the The one-ounce price. So I think the other thing people need to know is we're not charging 50 bucks for an ounce. In fact, we don't sell to the public at all. Um, The the currencies that we have buy direct from the Mint, and they decide for themselves what they're going to sell it for. So and we set it up that way so nobody could ever come back and point their finger at me and say, you're overcharging for silver. I just say, I don't sell silver. We have people that buy from these mints and they sell silver. That's cool. And let me
1: me ask that to kind of help people understand, because that's that's the big question I had. The first time I looked at your website, I was like, okay, they take silver. I'm like, well, I don't have any of their their money yet. Right, right. I have American Eagles, and and I might as well save them because I can do more with their silver than an American Eagle. I can bring my junk coins down there, but I'd like to spend their silver in their store. And right. then I saw in there it says we, we do not trade silver for Federal Reserve notes <laughs> at the ADRI Trading Center. So is there a legal reason that you don't do that, or is it just a, a distancing mechanism? Because I have to go through a website, buy the silver, get the silver delivered, and then I then I go into the network with the silver, right?
0: Da- Dallas, Texas is probably one of the worst cities in the country to try to launch a community currency. I mean, it's just people in Dallas just don't care. And we figured if we could succeed at this in Dallas, we could succeed anywhere. If we could Succeed at having a store that doesn't accept money and doesn't give you an opportunity to convert to the the stuff we do accept. You know, then, then we can basically you know accomplish that anywhere. So yeah, it it comes down to conflict and congruency. When I joined the Liberty Dollar, which is where I got my start, the first problem I had with the group was that all the brochures that they got printed they paid for in cash. And I'm like, hey guys, we're we're making our own money, literally. I mean, we make our own money. Can we see if we can find a printer? I mean, I've got three here in Dallas. Can we? Can we find a printer that takes our money to, to be a little you bit know, more congruent? That,
1: that just sounds like the, uh, the Ford salesman that drives a Toyota. But says, yeah, exactly. Ford, right? Exactly.
0: And, and, you know, when people evaluate their lives, there's so much incongruency in so many people's different lives. And, you know, you you go through and you work to eliminate some of that stuff, and you just realize you live a much less stressful life. If there's something in your life you're not happy with or that doesn't match your mission or your values, change it. Get rid of it. You know, eliminate it. And you'll find that, you know, you can get a whole lot more accomplished. So it's really just a congruency thing. Uh, you know, we wouldn't want to sell anything here uh, in the store. That, you know, a, a funny story I heard, we're, we're working with Austin to launch a community currency down there, and there's a catchphrase. It, it goes, keep Austin weird. You've probably heard that before. And we were considering putting that on the medallion, but it's copywritten by somebody else. Of course. And we were reading the blogs, and somebody, the, the group that has the copyright for it is a t shirt company, and they sell all this stuff, you know, keep Austin weird, keep Austin local, and all their shirts are made in China. You know, the coffee mugs that they put, keep Austin weird. You know, go local, buy local on it. They're all made, made overseas. Made in
1: Hong Kong, right? Yeah, yeah that's great. Right. Come
0: on, guys. If, if, <laughs> why don't we put our money where our mouth is? And and I use that phrase a lot because, you know, we're in the money-making business, so to speak. But that's right. th- it's the reality situation. So, yeah, there's there's no method right now at the store um, for congruency reasons, partially for legal reasons. I, I don't really believe a whole bunch of those, you know, statutes that they, they draft up without my permission anyway. But... Uh, yeah, I mean, congruency and, and legality, it, we'd like to keep all the monetary transactions somewhere else so that when somebody comes in, all they're doing is just a good old-fashioned trade.
1: Very, very cool. And you have some pretty big uh, goals for the Dallas marketplace. Can you tell folks kind of what your vision is? How, how First of all, how many vendors do you have nationwide right now in, in the well, network?
0: We've established reciprocal relationships now to give us more than 26,000 places to spend. Um, we've got some neat stuff coming up that I probably shouldn't mention, but uh, Carnival Cruise Line. Uh, we've got an airline us. that I definitely can't mention yet. So we've got neat stuff coming down the pike, and it's, it's really easy. I mean, another example is we've got 7,000 pounds of, of uh, organic Texas blueberries here, and the farmer doesn't accept blueberries, but somebody acquired these blueberries and came to us and said, can you monetize these blueberries for me? And we said, sure. So Barter is all about... Monetizing things. So people will come in and they'll say, Well, I got uh, a sushi restaurant gift certificate for my birthday and I really can't stand sushi. Can I trade it to you? And, you know, get an enchilada's Mexican gift certificate instead. And we say, yeah, so now we've got our, this gift certificate. So there are a lot of great things that we acquire. The Very point cool. of that is that this this huge marketplace that we have all over the country and what people pay for when they pay, you know, a premium for these AOCS-approved medallions, which are really quite beautiful, um, they're paying for those relationships that we've gone out and we've engineered so that people can ethically and honestly trade these things without having to go and, and build the network th- themselves. So, so that's... You know, that's Very what we've cool. built, and it's, 20, it's 26,000 merchants strong now. Um, and how Dallas, many
1: – what's your goal for Dallas? What are you trying to accomplish here?
0: Well, Dallas really needs to be the Ithic hours, so to speak, of a silver butter network. Anytime somebody says, you know, hey, community currency, people think Ithaca hours because Correct. that's, like, the standard in America. It's longest running. It's really a horrible system, if you want my actual opinion <laughs> on it. But – The point is that Dallas needs to be the Ithaca hours of silver barter, and we need to have 5,000 merchants here by the end of 2010, and it's not hard. I mean, we go out to a chamber of commerce meeting. The the pitch is real simple. If you'd like us to take accountability for driving new customers to your business that you've never seen before, they're going to pay you in trade. Come talk to us, and we'll, we'll put you in our network. We'll get you new customers. They'll pay you in trade, and with your trade, you can buy advertising. You can buy printing. You can buy food. I mean, it's like... Those three things are the core of any barter system. Through advertising, and uh, fuel is going to be a big one, but that's real tough.
1: Yep. So
0: uh, printing, advertising, food. Once we have those three things covered, anybody could come and join our network. Um, so that's, that's kind of where it starts. But we need to have 5,000 here. Dallas needs to be the example, you know, the model that uh, other cities across the country can follow. And like I said, if we can pull it off here in Dallas, which we are right now very well, then it can be done anywhere.
1: Very, very cool. Um, now, you also are, are wanting people to emulate you, unlike a lot of people that kind of set something up and then they want to have kind of complete, yeah. total monopolization control of it. You know, somebody somebody starts a forum up about flowers and somebody two years later starts up a forum about flowers and they think they stole their idea, like, yeah. no one whatever, of that before. You're actually encouraging people elsewhere in the country to set up their own trading centers. And, and, Absolutely. And, and you're saying, hey, here's how we do it. This is kind of a blueprint uh go nuts, right?
0: Yeah, and, and we, when we launched ourselves, you know, we called ourselves a copycat of the Liberty Dollar. And Liberty Dollar, you know, we have kind of a love-hate relationship with the guy that runs that program. Um, but, you know, since then we've seen five or ten different people kind of start their own version of the open currency standard. I don't think they've accomplished what we have, but it's a wide open system. And the bottom line is that if somebody thinks of a way to do what I'm doing right now and they do it better than I'm doing – Guess what? It just gets us back to honest money that much more quickly. So there's no reason to compete. There's no reason to to control the flow of information. If if someone, like I said, if someone can do this better than I can, man, I'm all for it because it'll just. Push our cost for cost forward that much more quickly, uh, and the same thing with the store. I mean, we'd, we'd love to have this thing replicated. We've got eight on the list already that want to launch, so we're helping people across the country get the uh, you know get all the, the loose ends tied up so that they can come up with their own. But it's not a franchise model. It's not a license model. You don't go through us. We say, hey, There's here's no the problem. vendor list. I don't
1: like write a check for franchise agreement. Oh
0: no, me. it's if like here here's a list 5, of vendors. Five
1: thousand silver trade dollars. Oh no, yeah, it's. Why?
0: Why? Why bother? The the more the more you try to interfere with the the free market, the more it's just going to get screwed up. Correct. You just step out of the way, let people do what people do best, and and it'll work better than if you try to interfere and control things. My motto is let excellence be the only authority. And I'm—I mean, I call myself the executive director over here, but anybody's in charge. I mean, we want to model excellence. If you can do something, you do it well. Just the same way you've done with your stuff. I mean, it's just. Share it, let let it get out there. Let people use it. Let people put their own spin on it, bring it back, and just create something beautiful with it and uh, you know we encourage that individual personality you know bring bring your skills to the table and we 'll give you some great tools to to succeed and we 'll stand by and, and support you as much as we can along the way. Um, but yeah, open up the doors, open up the windows, let in the fresh air, and, uh, you know, and good old fashioned barter will, uh, you know, will will lead the way for us.
1: And long term, I mean, that's the only way it's going to work, right? Because right now, if your store was ten times its size, and all the stuff that I buy every month was in there right now, um, you would have no trouble getting, uh, a hundred percent of my local spending today, because why wouldn't I go there and make my money go further? So the only way we're going to get that, though, is with as many people as possible willing to accept silver as currency. Because we all say, and I think that's the big thing we have, this audience out here, and we all are pretty much in agreement with a few exceptions, because you know everybody has the, the 5% of their audience that listens because they hate them. But the yeah. other 95%, right, are pretty much like we should we should have silver and gold backing our economic system. Sure. And then you got somebody here that's saying, "Well, here's a way to do it." So now I, I, I kind of feel like it's time. Like, well, we need to support this, and if we can make it work, and you can't, you can't switch over everything because you got to no. pay your mortgage at least for now in yeah. federal reserve notes. But right. if you can take some small piece of this economy and become a participant in it, and I think that's a big thing people need to understand right now. This thing, as successful as you've been, it's still at a point where every single person that that goes in and spends. Two ounces in silver matters right now. That's right. exponential growth. Because once somebody does it, it, it's just like I talk about the negative consequences of a dollar being taxed. You know, I pay you. You go out, drive your car to get a beer. You get taxed on the gas. You get taxed right. on the beer. The okay. guy that takes your money gets taxed, and it goes on and on and on. Well, this is completely the other direction. Right. Every time that silver is spent, more value comes into the system, and it's mm-hmm. the, the birth of a new economy. So That's I think right. you need to get that they can make a difference with this.
0: They really can, and, and what we're doing, just you know, from our our standpoint, is we're putting ten to fifteen thousand ounces of silver every month into circulation. So we're funneling out federal reserve notes from communities all over the country, and funneling in silver. And and the core of our our system is it promotes you know local commerce or thrift and savings. So we're, we're making a Big impact. I mean, ten to fifteen thousand ounces a month is nothing to shake a stick at. It's you it's know a lot. one of the top in the country right now. And we just you know if we had another hundred or five hundred or thousand people that were taking ownership of of our concept and running with it, you know maybe we we're doing a hundred thousand ounces a month and we make a very little piece on the back end. And we so that the people out there listening know. The open currency standard makes a dollar off of every ounce that goes into circulation and that's it. And that divide that dollar is divided equally four ways to grow the marketplace, to help uh provide the tools for the people to develop their currencies, for me and for our um, our channel sales director who who uh manages our authorized uh dealer program, which are the guys that are actually buying directly from the mint. So, you know, we want to see this thing grow, and uh, we just want to put the tools out there so that people can grab and run with them and uh, really start building this this new American economy and, and creating Imagine a
1: that, folks, transparency in the profitability of a currency. I'd, I'd love to get that out of uh, <laughs> Bill Alpernagy, transparency in what their profit margin on a dollar oh, is. Oh, well,
0: didn't you I hear they don't th- they don't have a profit back?
1: Right? It's, not even, it's not even how much they make directly it's the indirect every dollar in circulation is a continuous um, uh, debt stream of interest back into the Fed so hey let, Rob let's say you know a guy's out there right now he's listening to this show they have a lot of business people uh, from, from small timers to fairly large businesses yeah. uh, that listen to this show and says hey I'll take silver how do they get set up as a vendor so they can actually take silver in, in, in the, the exchange? They
0: can contact our marketplace directors, Ken Smith. He's out of Colorado. Uh, They can go on OpenCurrency.com, click on the marketplace link, and there's another link in the upper right-hand corner that will pop up and says, ready to become a merchant, click here to enroll. Um, If they're here in the DFW area, they're welcome to stop by and meet with uh, David, the trade coordinator, to give them some product literature, information, posters for us to put up around the store so that we can promote you adequately. Uh, or just give us a call send an email in and, and we'll we'll you know find a way to make silver and a a new currency valuable for your business it, it may take a little bit of hand holding for some situations and, and we'll help you figure out the way so that you're actually getting value out of it like i said if, if we're taking advantage of someone it's a short-lived relationship and it'll come back to bite us in the butt later um, so just get in contact we we want to find you know we're really looking for three things right now one is merchants to accept it two are you know people that uh, that want to take ownership of of the concept on a community level and, and issue their own medallions for the region, uh, and the third is we want to find people that are that are going to purchase silver and then go out and support those merchants. The biggest challenge we have right now, I mean we have a real easy time of bringing these merchants on board. But we need to have an impact then for those merchants. So we need to grow our list of supporters that actually have the silver currency. I mean, you've got some AOCS-approved rounds in your pocket right now. Correct. And I need to con- constantly communicate with you and say, hey, Jack, this week we've got blueberries. Jack, yep. this week we've got drop-in child care service. This week we've got this. And you need to think to yourself, okay, do I know anybody that needs drop-in child care service? Do I know anybody that needs blueberries? So you can reach out and encourage them to switch out their money, make it go two, two-and-a-half times as far, and then support that merchant.
1: Yep. So you know what, Rob? The, the AG Trading Center needs an email list so you that you, got can, you can let those folks know. And I, I'll tell you what, no silver at all. Any help I can give you in getting that set up.
0: I, I appreciate I, that. That's
1: my contribution. I'm, that's kind of my world. So. Well, I think that, I think
0: you've already taken a big step. I, and do you want to do you want to make that announcement now?
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, folks. I'll tell you what. I believe in this thing. Uh, I went up there and I looked at it. I spent my money in it to see how it worked. I went up and did a workshop for them, and, and I understand this now. And I understand a, a, a bit of healthy skepticism when it involves your money and something new and different. But I can tell you, after my evaluation, it makes sense to me. So here's what I'm going to start doing from this show. Full forward, uh, I will take for my member support brigade, which is the only thing that I really sell, uh, 50 in trade value in silver. So you can send me, for instance, one ounce of free Lakota silver, and you get my $50 a year membership brigade for a year using my uh, my bail-in order form. Now, you got to pay the ship the silver, but effectively, you're getting your membership for $25. So I'm willing to put my money where my mouth is and back that up. I'm even willing to follow their exchange rate. Basically, I'll also take... Two ounces, if you don't want to use their currency, two ounces of Silver Eagles. It'll cost you, you know, twice as much, but fine. Or I'll take $3.40 in face value of pre-64 U.S. Silver Coins. And all you have to do is print out the form, put the stuff into a package, and mail it to me, and we'll set you up for a year. You can buy as many years as you want that. If you want to buy 10 years and you want to send me 10 ounces of Lakota Silver, knock yourself out. We'll set the expiration date out there. Uh, Because I believe the only way we're going to make this work is to actually become active participants in it. And I also believe that we do need to, like, use that uh, merchant network. So go check out their website today and put in your zip code, and find out the people near you that will take silver, and if they are if they're services or items that you use, spend your money that way, because it's going to go further for you, and it's also going to get merchants excited to tell it. And people know people just like them. So yeah. the lawyer knows an accountant. So if right. the lawyer benefits from this, he'll tell his accountant, hey, you should do this too. If the lawyer tries it and it doesn't work, and then the accountant happens to mention it to the lawyer, the lawyer says, ah, I did it, but no one ever spend any silver with me, and it kind of fizzles it, so let's That's get excited right. and active, and then all the, the uh, resources that Rob gave you, the, the websites, the links, and, and stuff, I'll post links to all that stuff in today's show notes, so if you've got your iPod running, and you're doing 90 down the highway right now, don't worry, uh, just like most days with show notes, it'll all be there. Uh, Rob, do you have anything else you kind of want to bring up with people to, to explain to them, like, you know, just honest value and honest money?
0: I just want to say thank you. I mean it's it's really a privilege. It's an honor. Uh it is a uh it's a personal victory for me when a guy like you who's who's such a leader in your field uh you know steps up and says, you know what, this makes sense and I'm willing to do it, I'm willing to give it a shot, let's try it out, let's see how it goes. You know, dip my toe in the water. Uh, obviously for you it makes sense because you can get in your car anytime, drive up, up to the AG Trading Post and trade out some of that silver that you get from your new listeners that are joining uh, the support brigade and trade for grass-fed beef. So it makes sense. But well, when somebody like you that's, that's just got such a great reputation and does such a valuable thing steps up and, and puts your money where your mouth is, it's, uh, it's a big personal victory for me. So I really appreciate that. I can't tell you you know how many times I go to these conferences for freedom and liberty and all that stuff and uh, you know, I offer to pay with silver, and they look at me like I got four heads. What? Yeah. yeah well, well, at what rate? Uh, well, whatever you want. You want to, you want me to pay you silver at spot? That's fine. You spot plus five, spot plus ten, face value, whatever you want. Nah, we'd really prefer the federal reserve notes. I just I can't tell you how while they're this running party, it in
1: the Fed meeting, right?
0: Yeah, I it just it's a heartbreaker. And that, you know, comes right back to that congruency thing and and you're one of those guys and it's just a it's a real privilege for me to uh to be able to um you know be a part of your program like that. So I want to say thank you for that. Uh just want to encourage people to go online. Um we don't make it real clear if you go to opencurrency.com It's the word to actually go to buy um, since the open currency standard really doesn't do anything. We're just we're just kind of the, the group here that's helping nudge this thing along and keep an eye on fraud. So um, go out there on the Internet, do some searches for Lakota or silver or AOCS, and, and you'll find the places to go to buy, to buy the medallions. And do remember that the more you buy, the price goes down. So if you buy 100 medallions, you actually get them – from most of the reputable websites that are out there selling our product for Spot Plus, I think it's five bucks or Spot Plus four bucks. So it's a little bit more expensive than you know some some comparable uh, generic stuff. Uh, but it's you know they're beautiful collector's pieces and they're they're great for trade. So keep an eye out there and you know just get out there and support those merchants that are willing to, to do the same and put their money where their mouth is as well.
1: And I'm going to warn you folks if you're going to buy the Lakota medallions uh, and you're you're sold on this thing and you're going to spend them, buy more of those. Than you plan on spending, because those are one of the most beautiful coins I've ever seen. I actually gave two of them, uh, one to my uh, niece and one to my nephew when they were just over at the house. My niece, who's a little bitty thing yet, man, was just bouncing up and down. Look at the Indian. Look at the Indian. It's yeah, so. them started
0: young. That's said right, that, what?
1: It, you know, my my nephew said exactly what is this? I said it's real money. Yeah, and uh, we're working on that educational process because we've got a good parents there, but one's a school teacher, the other one's a cop. Yeah. <laughs> so a little bit of socialization issues right. on, the, on the government is good type thing over right, there. Right. And, and not all not that all things the government does is bad, but plenty of what the government does is sure. bad. And and, and and you know, I'm kind of the evil Uncle Jack that's saying, Hey look money. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and, and they may not totally agree, but they also didn't say, Hey, that's that's worthless, give it back to Uncle Jack. They said put that away and save it. Because intrinsically right. we know that things like silver and gold and even copper. You guys, real quick before we go, you guys even have some copper coins. What's, what's that all about?
0: We call them copper twos. A one ounce round of copper in our network has a trade value of two. Um, it's to make change. It's uh, you know just to diversify the product line. The, the model is built around silver, but we've got gold on the high end. So a one ounce round of gold represents two thousand in trade value, and a one ounce round of copper on the low end represents two dollars of trade value. Um, so, yeah, we, we've got all kinds of neat things out there. We've got, you know, all these things developed, all these dyes made. So anybody could come along and say, yeah, yeah, let me get uh, let me get 1,000 pieces that are 10,000 or, 10, or 100,000. Sure. So there's, you know, it's beautiful, but uh, it's just it needs more people to jump on board and say, yeah, this makes sense and let's run with it.
1: Well, hey, man, thanks for being here today. I, I appreciate you spending some time with us on the show. I, I'm sure this will actually uh, kick off some questions And what I'll do is I'll collect questions over the next couple weeks, and maybe we can talk you to talk you into coming back on to answer those questions because uh, I think I've got this thing down, but when it comes to technical questions, I like to let the source answer it when they can, and uh, it's yeah, and been you- a pleasure having you on today because you're clearly a pro uh, when it comes to being on the radio. You've got your own radio show, too. You want to tell folks about that? Yeah,
0: we've got the Barter Hour uh, every Saturday night on Republic Broadcasting from 9 p.m. to 11 p.m. Central Time. We call it the Barter Hour, but it's two hours because real value goes further, um, A note about the questions, you know, we I welcome questions. I welcome dissenting opinions. I I welcome all that stuff because it helps us rethink this this program, the strategy, and make sure that when we answer those questions, they're the right answer, not just the answer that we recorded or that, you know, we set enough times to make sense. But, you know, keep us thinking. Keep us on our toes so that we can constantly... Uh, you know, massage and evolve this thing to really be what it needs to be. So I'd love to have the questions. I'd love to hear the feedback from your, I'm sure, well-informed group of listeners. And uh, just looking forward to having you back up here at the AG Trading Post sometime real soon. The the website there is agtradingpost.com. And we'd love to have you back here for another excellent overview. And, you know, our model and philosophy is really the same as yours we're not doing this because the currency is going to crash. We don't know if the currency is going to crash. It's been around for a while. Who knows how much longer it will be around. I think historically we have a lot of data that says every paper currency eventually will fail. But we're doing this just to create an opportunity for people to supplement what they do with Federal Reserve notes um, with silver. And, uh, you know, Get you know, get prepared. You'll you'll your money will go further. You'll enjoy life more. And maybe the currency will crash. Maybe it won't. But at least you know you can you can have some fun while you're doing it and uh, support some merchants that are that are really creating the backbone of uh, of our communities and the fabric of America. So l- just a little you know philosophy there that mirrors I think uh, you know the the programs that you teach people as well. So we're really excited to have you back here sometime soon.
1: Great. And hey, folks, there you go, Rob Gray. Uh, With the American Open Currency Standard and the AG Trading Center, please try to do business with him if you can or with people within his network using the currency if you can because I think that's the only way we're going to make this work is we get heavy levels of participation and we actually put our money where our mouth is. Again, I've done that today. So basically you can call it – Members brigade at half off for everybody. Uh, I consider it full price because I'm going to go up there and, and, and clean this guy's meat locker out uh, on a <laughs> weekly basis if I if I have enough participation in this. But I mean, the other thing I want you to understand as I wrap up today about solid value and things backing it we talked about a $50 federal reserve loan, a $50 bill for a while today and if the United States economy ever does collapse and, and, and again Rob's not saying it will I'm not saying it will neither one of us are alarmists but if it ever did that $50 bill becomes worthless and it couldn't even be more worthless if you went to Mexico or Canada or the United Kingdom or France or Australia or anywhere else with it they're all going to go that's not worth anything anymore we won't give you any of our Australian dollars or, or ruples or rupees or, or anything or pounds or euros for it because now it's falling. If this open currency standard were to fall, then you could take that silver round and you can go anywhere in the world with it and it's immediately convertible uh, on the open market as silver into that local currency, which is the whole reason I've started telling you guys from day one to make silver and gold part of what you're doing. Anyway, transportable, anonymous and honest money. That's, That's what gold and silver are really all about. Rob, hey, thanks for being here today.
0: Jack, thanks so much for having me.
1: And today, this has been Rob Gray and Jack Spierko helping you figure out how to live that better life when times get tough, or even if they don't. You can scream, you can holler It really doesn't matter all gets thin